Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase Going on, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Friday afternoon edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I'm immediately going purple. I am your host, Josh Harris. We are sponsored by Vivid Picks. No idea why I just went purple there. I look good. But as you come in, make sure to smash that like. Make sure to subscribe. Um, it's because I got a haircut. They're like, whoa, that head is too shiny. You've got to turn you purple. But anyway, uh, joining me, as always, Slim Cliffy. How was, your, how was the slate last night? How was the movie? Um, uh, well, slate first. Uh, like, I got smashed. Um, I, I had Los Angeles, which obviously uh, didn't get there. Uh, for me last night, I had the Los Angeles third line. Um, you know, they didn't get, they didn't do what I needed to do. And, you know, just one of those nights where I didn't have a, I just didn't have a very good lineup. Uh, I had Vancouver, I had Vancouver too, which worked out well enough. Um, wish I had Pedersen instead, didn't. I won off Devin Bouchard, which kind of worked out in the end. You know, most others sucked last night. He was fine. Uh, rest of my lineup, you know, didn't really do a whole lot. Movie was good. Like, I was talking to somebody on Twitter last night. Like, I get if people are tired of the Marvel stuff by now. There's just been so many movies and so many TV shows that, like, for a lot of people, I could see it. Like, it just feels like homework. And, you know, I have friends that have, that love the earlier stuff that have just bailed out. This is a fun movie. It has a really, really good action sequences, like, up there close to what was in Shang-Chi. And probably the funniest sequence in, in a Marvel movie since Ragnarok there's a five minute scene in the middle of the movie that or like two thirds of the way through that. It's just incredible. So I enjoyed it. It is what it is. You didn't get to go this morning though, which is unfortunate. Are you going to take yourself? Are you going to treat yourself to the Marvels at some point? I might. Avery went, he, he called me. He said, it's a good, it's good. I should go see it. Um, yeah. So I'll probably end up going to see it. I, I, you know, with that review, how can I not? I also played Vancouver last night too. I did go power play stack though, but I made the mistake. I had my boys Dallas three in there and I swapped them out to LA three uh, at the end. And that was a costly maneuver, but that's, that is the way it works. Sometimes, sometimes you make good swaps. Sometimes you make bad swaps. Last night was a bad swap. Tonight is a new night. Got rid of the hair. That means the big dog pick is coming through. That means we're catching big. Is that still the Ryan Callahan jersey behind you? That is still the Ryan Callahan jersey. Well, it's just like with, with the purple screen, it's throwing all the rest of the colors off. So now it looks like a white, um, like third Vancouver uniform. I'm like, not mad about it. I'm just, I'm just saying it. That's just kind of what it looks like now. Yeah, because the Rangers, uh, whatchamacallit, 
whatever those jerseys were, I don't really like them. I need to get a better one from behind there. I need. I was going to put up the Brees Hall jersey, but then like the Jets are useless. So maybe I'll get like a Elias Patterson jersey or Timmy Stutzla or Cole Caulfield. I don't know. Maybe we'll have a poll and whatever wins the voting in, on my Twitter, I'll get. I get to choose the options though, because otherwise it'll be like Ryan Reeves. I mean, he's a he's a he's a tough character. Um, he is like he's a funny guy. Like in the media, there are like some upsides. Um, I'm get, I'm getting myself an Arthur Kaliev jersey here at some point. I got I got to get a Kings jersey, and it's got to be somebody that's going to be around longer than like two more years. So uh, maybe a Kaliev. But uh, very nice six gamer here tonight. We have. There are a bunch, not a bunch of teams. There are a few teams playing back to back. Minnesota's back to back. San Jose's back to back. That's certainly going to be interesting. Um, there are going to be. There's going to be some late news as well. Like we we did get Flames lines a couple days ago in practice, but you know Andrew Majapani's back. We'll see what happens there. Like um, I got. I have. I have a like. We'll get to Minnesota in a second. I have a feeling Minnesota is going to juggle their lines too. Um, I guess we'll see what happens, but, uh, I don't know. What are your initial thoughts on this slate? Cause like, I, I, I'm a big fan because it, to me, like five out of the six matchups look fairly even the, you know, Calgary skull tending aside, like the skaters look like a fairly even matchup there, except for that San Jose game. But you know, San Jose's won two games in a row now, largely thanks to great goaltending. What do you think? Yeah. I like when the, slate looks fairly even because like I was looking at the games. I was like, I don't know where to go. I don't know an obvious spot besides Vegas. And that's good because then like, even though I might not be the brightest bulb, I feel like other people are in the same boat looking at the slate. They're like, Oh, there's not an obvious spot. So then you start digging into it and you start liking certain things and you realize that ownership is going to be pretty spread out. It's going to be a good slate. I think with the per <laughs> you say brightest bulb, <laughs> With the purple screen and, and the freshly shaved head, you look like a Halloween light. <laughs> something you might see in the basement of like an eight-year-old Halloween birthday party or something like that. I feel like Heed from So I Married an Axe Murderer right now. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Uh, yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, interestingly, uh, we do have six games to get to. We should probably uh, get to those at some point. Yeah, Las Vegas. Steve in the chat says Las Vegas is a minus five fifty favorite tonight. That might be the biggest favorite I've seen because I don't even think Edmonton was a minus five fifty last night. No, um, they're four sixty. I'm trying to think. There was definitely a game with the Flyers. One of the game or with the Flyers with the Sharks, where one of those games got steamed pretty high. Maybe it was Pittsburgh. Might have been, or might have been on their on their road trip into Carolina or Tampa Bay or something like that, but. Uh, like 550 no 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 not that that's high. crazy that's crazy play vegas bet sharks is, is the advice that we get minus I've, heard worse. I've heard worse ideas yeah let's get into the slate though before we do we are as we mentioned we are sponsored by vivid picks and you can get a 300 deposit match on your first deposit standard deposit match is 100 so you won't get this offer anywhere else other than the link in the description below your first entry on Viv Picks comes with a $25 secure play. So if your first entry loses, you get it refunded up to $25 in Vivid site credit. All you have to do is predict whether the players will have more or less than the projected stats across multiple sports. 
combine your selections for bigger payouts. Yeah. No VIG there. But if you are betting sports, if, you're, if you have your sports bets, list your VIG. That's just my advice there. Let's get into this. Uh, Minnesota Wild with a 3.2 total heading into Buffalo. The Skinny Swords have a 3.4 total. Uh, Wild played last night. They got pretty much dominated by the Rangers, if we're being honest. Um, then they took Rossi off the top power play for Zuccarello or Hartman, one of the two. I forget which uh, joined up there. Have to imagine we don't like obviously they didn't skate, but Dina Vason, kind of a rash coach. I have a feeling we're going to see Hartman up there in between Kaprizov and Zuccarello. I think they're going to go back to their oldish lines. What are your thoughts? Like, because also Alex Tuck is a game time decision, so there's question marks on the Buffalo side. I, I just, I just don't know. Like Buffalo is in a really good spot here. It's just with Tuck being a question mark, the Buffalo one could be really expensive or they could be really cheap tonight. Yeah, they could. Um, I, yeah, I'll start on the Minnesota side as well. Um, I think, it, I think it's Matt Zuccarello got moved up from the second unit um, for Marco Rossi. Uh, I, I had hoped, cause I was checking the shift by shift stuff. I had hoped it was because Rossi had just was just on the ice, but and he was, but so were Boldy and Kaprizov, and Boldy and Kaprizov stayed on the power play, and Rossi went to the bench. So it seems like that's a genuine change. Um, one, one, another thing that I saw, I think it was Mike Russo, Michael Russo, who writes about the Minnesota Wallet. One thing that he was saying was that he thinks it's going to be pretty soon that Brock Faber is going to be running the top power play unit. So even the five forwards that were there for the power play yesterday might not necessarily all be on the power play here today. Um, I see. I think Josh is freezing up on us a little bit, but yeah, my internet uh, went in and out. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure that it's going to be the exact same five man unit anyway. And yeah, they like, they got handled pretty easily by the Rangers last night, which is both surprising and also kind of not because, you know, the Rangers have been an excellent team so far this season. Um, but, you know, with all their injuries, you, you'd think it, it would have caught up to them eventually. And it certainly did not. Um, yeah. So Rossi got moved off the power play. And then late in the game with the team down 3-1, looking for like a, a late goal to try to, you know, get it somewhere close. Uh, Rossi was nowhere to be seen on the ice. They had six forwards on the ice for the empty net goal portion and Rossi was not one of those forwards. So as quickly as he's worked his way up the lineup, it seems like he's working his way out of the coaching's uh, good graces, which that's kind of tough on a slate like this because ostensibly I would like a Rossi Boldy cappers offline going into Buffalo back to back or not. Um, Buffalo has certainly shown uh, some issues with their discipline. Um, 3.9 times shorthanded per game so far this season for the Buffalo Sabres. That's tied for eighth in the league. Um, I think it's the second highest or third highest of any of the teams tonight. Um, Anaheim's above them. I think Carolina's still up there as well. So uh, they're an undisciplined team. The penalty kill is not that great. Like, it's not terrible. It's certainly not Minnesota's penalty kill, which is awful. Um, but it's certainly not a lead or anything like that. So there is 
not a bad matchup here for Minnesota one. They're coming in with a lot of ownership. Um, that's one thing that I'm kind of worried about here. It's like you and I talk about all the time about, yes, ownership matters, but it's also what you do with the rest of your lineup. By the same token, here's Minnesota one uh, on DraftKings here tonight, 17.7% top two stack, 13.7% ownership. Um, you know, there's the second most, the uh, second highest top two stack line on the slate. Yes, obviously very, very good. Do I want to play a highly owned line? What could be like the third or fourth highest owned line on the road and a road back to back when there are some pretty good spots elsewhere? Like that's just kind of what I'm bumping up against, right? Um, and the Minnesota, like the top line, you and I have both been pulling for Marco Rossi to get to the top line basically, basically since last year. Um, they haven't been very good since Rossi got there. Like, let, like we have to be yeah. It's not his fault. All these look awful. I mean, honestly, it that could be it. I don't think that's the case, but it could be it. 65 minutes together for Rossi and Karpazov. 2.2 expected goals for, 2.6 actual goals for. Um, they're missing a lot of shots. Under 40% of the shot attempts that they're taking are actually hitting the net. That's pretty low. Even like on the low end of the scale, you'd want to be around 48%, 47, 48. They're at 40 so that's got to pick itself up a little bit. I'm just wondering if the coaching staff is not running out of patience quickly because, like, this isn't an established player, right? Like, this isn't, um, you know, it's not Joel Erickson Eck, where if Joel Erickson Eck had a bad game or two, you'd be like, well, Joel, Joel Erickson Eck's had 200 great games before this. Nothing to worry about. This is a player who is a rookie. Um, so how much leash he actually has with the coaching staff is a fair question. So back-to-back, on the road, not a terrible spot. Buffalo's defense has been better since like they were pretty bad defensively through the first like couple weeks of the season. The team's been a lot better defensively of late. And I think that's pretty important uh, for this matchup fifth in the league in expected goals against over their last six games at five on five. That is tremendous defensive um, output. Like they're right up there with your New York Rangers to put it, to put it another way. So if this is a a Buffalo team that has improved defensively because, you know, they've had injured players, like they've had to spread out their, their top guys. Maybe it's just balanced the lines a little bit better. Ryan Johnson calling, call, getting called up. It seems like he's helping on the blue line. If this is a t- better team defensively, even with the penalties that they take, do I want to play like a 15% line that's back to back on the road? Like probably not. So I think I'm out on Minnesota one here tonight, obviously like, you know, if you're playing 20 max or 150 lines or whatever, you're going to have Minnesota one. It's just a matter of how much you want to play them. Zuccarello, Hartman, and Johansson is interesting. Like, there's a glut on DraftKings here tonight. There is a glut of lines between, like, 15K and 16 and a half. They're, like, there's what? I think I'm looking at six lines all within about $1,500 of each other in that mid-price range that really aren't getting a lot of ownership. Um you know, people paying up for Toronto or, or Florida or Vegas and then, you know, taking their cheap filler stacks elsewhere. So I think it's not a bad spot to try to go to Minnesota two, Zuccarello, Hartman, Johansson. Like depending what they do with the power play, you're, you're probably going to get at least two guys on that top power play unit, right? You hate to make a Minnesota stack without Kirill Kaprizov, but if the top line's not generating a five on five, 
There's only so many guys that can get in on a goal on the power play. So I honestly don't mind Minnesota two as a filler stack here. Um, Minnesota three, I think is where I would probably go to get a cheap filler stack though. Like that Erickson Eck line, Pat Maroon and Felino has been good. 66 shot attempts for 54 against um, and over 40 minutes together. Uh, that's per 60 minutes. None of them are shooting a lot, you know, at this at their stage of their careers, you know, Marcus Felino and Pat Maroon aren't going to shoot a lot. So um, if you just want to go like a two-man Erickson Eck and Maroon or something like that, I think that's fine. I don't think – like I think Minnesota 3 is probably my favorite target on their side tonight. I'm not super stoked about playing them, though. I think they're going to be a little bit over-owned, and Buffalo's getting a little bit disrespected defensively. I think that that's just kind of the way that I see it. Um, on the Buffalo side, it's tough. I like – I think Jeff Vots uh, in our chat, Jeff Otler uh, in our Discord, made a pretty good point that if Tuck only skated five minutes before the optional skate today and then went off the ice, which is what he did, and the coach said that Tuck is not going to play both games of the back-to-back this weekend, that indicates to me that Tuck is going to play tomorrow, that he's not going to play tonight. And if Tuck is indeed out, that means Matthew Savoie is probably going to be on the top line alongside Thompson and, and Jeff Skinner. Now, the interesting thing is that Thompson and Skinner do have quite a sample without Tuck because they have been trying Tuck on different lines basically since the second half of last season. Um, they still create pretty well offensively. They're just a lot worse defensively. And I think that makes sense because Tuck is a really, really good two-way winger and they don't have a guy that can replace him. So, um that Minnesota or that Buffalo line, sorry, is probably going to see a fair bit of the Erickson Eck matchup. And that's one of the reasons why I do like that Erickson Eck matchup is because I think that I don't think that Buffalo line is going to be very good defensively taking Tuck out and putting Savoie there. Like I, I think Savoie is a good prospect. We talked about him in our discord. One of the comparables that I saw from hockey prospecting, which is a prospect model I subscribe to was Joel Farabee and Joel Farabee's been a pretty good player for, um, for for Philadelphia for a while now like he scored the second most goals on the Philadelphia Flyers per minute of 515 over the last three years like more than Travis Konechny um like he's a good player so Savoie could probably be pretty good offensively for them I think it's a question defensively and that's why I do like that Erickson F line from Minnesota so I think I'm out on 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 Buffalo one I don't mind playing them but I think they're gonna end up a lot more chalky than we're expecting um Bring up our top stacks tool again here quickly. Uh, Buffalo top line, 12.3% top two stack, 9.2% ownership. That's with Savoie there. I think that ownership is going to come up a little bit just because Savoie is a $2,500 player. And it's a top line that's, that could play 20 minutes. And you can still go fit like a Toronto stack or a Vegas stack or, or something like that, right? So um, it's probably the middle stat line that I like best. Middle stat, Paterka and Greenway. 10,400 on DraftKings. Uh, middle stat, like, I, I can't say enough about the guy. Like, I, I say it all the time. I thought he I thought he was honestly going to be out of the NHL by now, and he's turned into one of the best two, one of the best playmakers in, in the league. And him and Paterka have been pretty good together so far this season. 62 shot attempts, three expected goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Middle stat's probably going to be on the top power play unit as well. So um, if you don't want to go with what could be a fairly chalky Buffalo top line. You can do a double center stack, like do Thompson and, and middle stat, then add 
Jeff Skinner or something like that, or add, you know, maybe it's Dylan Cousins that moves up to the top power play unit in tough spots. So um, there are ways to get different with Buffalo. I think it's the middle stat line that I like the best. Um, I don't know. Like it, it, are you high on Minnesota here tonight? I like, I, I'm really not. And it's surprising to me because this feels like, like this feels like one of the situations where I would, be really high on Minnesota, but I, I, I just, I think Buffalo's getting disrespectful. Like I said, disrespectful a little bit defensively, and I don't want to play that top line at fifteen percent or whatever. Well, one, we don't even know if that's going to be the line. Two, fair enough. Oldie's been awful since he came back from injury. Kaprizov hasn't been good this season for Kirill Kaprizov. Like his numbers are good, but they're not Kaprizov good. Will that change tonight? Maybe, but like. They were coming off a game where they looked awful against the Rangers. Yeah, like maybe Buffalo is a – I don't know because, like, the Rangers were on their AHL goalie, no Fox. Like, yeah, maybe Levi isn't isn't the man that we thought he was last year, but, like, neither is Deming. See, that, See, like, I kind of disagree with that. Like, four games or whatever he's played, like, that doesn't – that yeah, doesn't yeah. matter to me. You know what I mean? Like it's it's what I see when I watch the goalie. And right. and the thing is, like I said, the team's been way better defensively over their last six or seven games than they were over their first like three, four, five games. And that's when Levi was starting, right? So yeah. what's he gonna look like if he's playing behind a team that's improved 25% defensively or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm more on the Buffalo side here with you. I just I'm kind of in a conundrum. On Buffalo one because yeah they're going to be cheaper now and yeah they're going to be going up against Eric's neck but like Minnesota's just been bad. That's like, yeah that's the thing right is it, like Minnesota literally has the worst penalty kill in the league like it's it, we're not making that up like they're allowing like two extra goals or one extra goal per thirty minutes of penalty kill time uh, than any other team in the league and they're also allowing I think it's either the most or second most shots so it's not just a goaltending thing like the entire team sucks on the penalty kill. I, I know Boldy's been awful too, but like if they revert back to old lines and it's like Joel Erickson Eck, Boldy and Maroon or something like that, or Boldy and Greenway going into that Buffalo top line, I don't know. I would have to reconsider, but like it's all just conjecture at this point. Like we just don't know what they're going to do because they, they played and got wrecked last night. And usually when that happens, you're going to see different line combinations, especially when the coach is hinting at it in the third period. <laughs> I mean, they traded Kalen Addison to San Jose because they were getting wrecked. I mean, what are they going to yeah. do like over a loss? Of course they will. Yeah. So yeah. Be in that discord at 6 30 PM Eastern. We'll give you your thoughts then when we see the lines, but you know, we did the best we could with the information we have. Let's move on. To the next one, Carolina Hurricanes with a 3.4 total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a 3.1 total. I was a bit surprised, like we were talking about it this morning, me and you, about Florida's ownership. And then you realize, right, they have a 3.1 total. Minnesota has a higher total. Buffalo has a higher total. Carolina has a higher total. Devils have a higher total. Flames, Toronto, Vegas, Philly. And then you see, you still see Florida two coming in at fifteen percent, which I get because they're cheap and they're very good. But then you see four percent on Florida one, and that's kind of interesting. And like, oh yeah, but they're playing Carolina. Carolina's goaltending has been bad. Now the thing is, they might be scratching Tony D'Angelo tonight, and that's going to make them so much better defensively. Just automatically, just keeping him out of the lineup. So 
I'm interested to get your thoughts on Florida here. I'm more on the Carolina side as it is because there's no ownership on them. And the top line, 17-9, not super expensive, not getting any ownership. The Cockneyemi, Svechkov, Teravine in line, not getting any ownership. They have the higher total. They're going up against a team that is very high event anyway. They take a bunch of penalties. I'm more on the Carolina side here. I'm glad you mentioned the D'Angelo thing because it actually is absolutely insane how different the numbers are with him on the ice than anybody else. His expected goals against number is 30% higher than the next closest Carolina defenseman. And the other five, six guys are all bunched fairly close together. Like they're all kind of like doing, like doing very well defensively. And then there's D'Angelo way up here. Like, if you look at their shot charts when he's on the ice, it's just a sea of red on his side of the, of the defensive zone, right? And it's not just expected goals against as well. It's the actual goals. With D'Angelo on the ice, they're giving up 3.8 goals against per 60 minutes of five on five. There's no other defenseman at 2.2, okay? It's like 75% higher than the next closest defenseman. So, yeah, I'm not very surprised that they're probably going to scratch D'Angelo here tonight. Um, that changes a lot for Carolina. Like, if you bring Brett Pesci back in, and, like, I don't think Pesci's, like, a super elite defensive defenseman, but he's pretty good, and he's also a pretty good penalty killer. If you take out the guy that is far, far far and away your worst defenseman and bring in a pretty good one that changes a lot for the entire team and that makes me a little bit nervous for florida here right especially where we're looking at that kind of ownership like you've mentioned florida two 13.6 percent top two stack 15.4 percent ownership rate they're coming in with a lot of ownership like you said for good reason like with lundell there they're generating 66 shot attempts for 60 minutes, which is actually kind of low for a Kachuk line. I'm going to blame it on the defensemen. They'll look a lot better once Montour and Glad are back. But they're still creating quite a bit. But if they take out D'Angelo and put in Pesci, you're going into a buzzsaw. Like you're going into like that Carolina second line with Sveshnikov and, and Kokniemi. Going back to last year, 2.2 expected goals against per 60 minutes of 5-on-5, 2.4 actual goals against. Both are well below average. Um, Like better than average, I guess, would probably be the best way to put it so that we're not looking in different directions. Um, Just really good defensively. And obviously, the top line for Carolina, like good is good, not great, but good. That's why, like, if I I think if I'm going to play Florida, I'm going to the Reinhardt Barkov Rodriguez line. Um, They are riding a little bit hot. They're shooting, shooting like 15% as a line. Like that's hot. They're also creating a lot of shots. Now the expected goals numbers aren't great, but they do a lot of seam passing, which is something that can throw off expected goals numbers. It's like, it's like our Temi Panarin in New York. Just going to say that. Yeah. Or, you know, even Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki uh, to an extent in Montreal. Like it's a lot of seam passes where the shots will be from bad angles where you normally would have a low percentage chance of scoring, but because it's a seam pass and the goalie has to move all the way across, if you can actually hit the net, it's a high percentage chance. Um, But no, they're not going to keep scoring over six goals for 60 minutes of five on five, but they're they're a pretty good offensive line. So Reinhardt, Barkoff, and Rodriguez coming in at 4% ownership. Um, But again, 
when you're going into that Carolina buzzsaw, really, really good on the penalty kill as well. It's just the goaltending. As long as the Carolina goaltending is like anything close to league average, this is easily the best defensive team in, in the league. And just for ownership reasons, I think I would rather play Florida one than anything else. If you want a power play stack, I think you can do that just because Carolina does take a lot of penalties. Um, they're uh, the team tied with Buffalo at 3.9 times shorthanded per game. So um, I think you can do that. That's perfectly that's perfectly fine by me. I'm more in on the Carolina side of things here. Uh, I wrote up Andrei Svechnikov for the picks article today. Uh, available to read over at stochastic.com. I'll bring it up. Uh, just scroll through it real quick. Yep, that's where I wrote about Casey Middlestat. Of course, Andrei Sveshnikov here. What I wrote uh, wrote about Sveshnikov was he has low shots on goal, uh, low shot on goal total right now. Um, but he's actually averaging a career high twenty three point eight attempts per sixty minutes. The problem is only in he's only played five games, and in those five games, only twenty nine percent of his attempts have hit the target. He's been fifty percent or higher every season of his career. If he's shooting, if 50% of his attempts so far are on goal. He goes from 1.9 shots per game to 3.0 shots per game. And at his price, 5,100, it's the cheapest I've ever seen Sveshnikov on DraftKings in two or three years. It's got to be. Um, if you just got to look at his prices earlier this season, you know, 6,900, 6,600, you know, 6,200, whatever. If he you know, rebounds to the player that he can be, he's going to be $1,500 more expensive in two weeks. That's just kind of the way that it goes with him. Um, I was mentioning with him and Kotkaniemi, really good defensive numbers. The offensive numbers weren't really that great. 2.6 expected goals, 2.2 actual goals. As a guy that's, as a Montreal Canadiens fan that's been following Kotkaniemi's career uh, very closely, his entire problem in Carolina was generating dangerous shots for teammates. He's not a bad playmaker, but the problem is, is the way Carolina runs their offense, all of his passes like go to the blue line or go to a guy that's camping out in a bad shooting position so that they can slam pucks on, on net and go hunt for rebounds. One thing Kotkaniemi is doing this year is creating a lot more in terms of scoring chances for his teammates, like actual genuine scoring chances. Now it's a small sample. He's only played, what, 13 games or something like that. But his scoring chance assist rate is much, much, much higher um, than it was last year. So not only is he creating for himself, because, you know, we talk about it all the time, his shot rate is way up from where it is uh, historically. He's creating better for his teammates as well. Now, I think it's costing them a little bit defensively. But for DFS, I think we'll take that trade off. So Kokaniemi, Teravine, and, and Sveshnikov is the line that I like the best uh, in this game. Um Per the top stacks tool, coming in with 0.7% ownership. Now, Kakaniemi and Sveshnikov are on the second power play unit, quote unquote. Carolina's last game, they got more ice time than the top unit. They're one of those teams that whichever unit is playing better is the unit that they're going to play, and that unit was playing better, so that unit got more ice time. So just because they're on the second unit doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get less ice time that's on the power play than Aho and those guys. So they're a line that can has typically generated a lot of shots, not a lot of chances. If they can start creating more chances now with Kakaniemi's improved scoring chance um, playmaking, with Sveshnikov at 5,100, it, it just feels too tough to pass up. I think you can leave off Terravani if you just want to make it a second power play stack, um, you know, put Brent Burns on the blue line or something like that. 
I think that's perfectly fine. But they're going to go into that Florida second line. The Florida second line has been very leaky defensively this year. 69 shot attempts against per 60 minutes. That's that's awful. That's just plain old awful. 3.7 expected goals against. That's even worse. I think it's a really good matchup for Carolina 2. I think Carolina 2 is in a very good spot. I think Carolina 3 is in a very good spot as well. The Martin Oakstall uh, fast line. Um, they're not a line that scores a lot, but they're also going up against the Florida third line that gives up a lot of shots. So I think Carolina 3 certainly makes a lot of sense as a filler. Use Martin Oak and Stall, Stall and Fast, something like that. You know, if you're playing a super expensive, expensive Toronto stack or something like that. Um, but I think it's four to one Carolina two that I like the best in this game. I have literally nothing to add to that. That was pretty much what my thoughts were as well. Quick party in the chat. Quick party. The man, by the way, he says Philly update for the boys. Heart is sick. So it's Urson again. Los Patos. Anybody, anyone want to play Los Patos? We talk about that in a minute. Um, Hey, Sign up using the link in the description box below to get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry. What does that get you? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell me. Or you. I'm also going to tell me. <laughs> Player and ownership projections, top stacks, tools, line combinations, and access to our premium Discord. What you get for free, as always, Cliffy's article, almost every every slate is free to read on stochastic.com. This show, free on YouTube, of course, but if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go premium, player and ownership projections, top stacks, tools, line combination, and the most valuable part, the Discord. So make sure to click that link in the description box below. You can get a weekly or monthly. You can also add on Fantasy Cruncher if you want, uh, if you are an MME player. I would advise doing that if you are. But yeah, make sure to pop in that Discord. Say you came from the show. And we'll greet you. Clayton will give you the rules, and we'll go from there. Let's move on to the next game here. The Washington Capitals with a 2.8 total heading into New Jersey. The Devils have a 3.6 total. I was kind of surprised that outside of Vegas, the Devils have the highest total on the slate, tied with Toronto at 3.6. And it kind of reflects an ownership. Not on the line I was expecting, though. Um, Dawson Mercer, Timo Meyer, Andre Palat, 13,100 coming in as the highest projected own line of the night. Now you say, well, what about Vegas? This fits with Vegas. That's why this fits with Toronto. That's why. So yeah, it's interesting. I like, I had them circled until I saw the ownership, like there's good chalk and there's bad chalk. Maybe they end up doing really well, but why would I play that line for 23,500? when I can play a line with Jesper Bratt and Tyler Toffoli for 5%. Now I know there's a price disparage. Like it's it's a 5,600 more expensive to stack that top line. But. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If Jack Hughes didn't get off to the start we were that he got off and everyone was going, oh, Jack Hughes for heart, Jack Hughes for heart, we'd be gushing over Jesper Bratt's start to the season. He is their best winger. And if I'm going to play a Devils team here tonight, I want Bratt in my lineup. So I like Devils one here. On the flip side, they broke up Ovechkin and Strom for some reason. Why? Because coaches love to do crazy shit. I don't know. I don't have a ton of interest in the Washington Capitals here tonight. Now, I think you can kind of power play stack. Devils, goaltending, bad. No Hughes. No Nico Heischer. Their penalty kill has been okay. They take a bunch of penalties. So if anything, I think I'll get the power play guys in for the Capitals. But I think my favorite line in this game is the Brat to Foley line. Yeah, and it's only been a couple games without Hughes in his year, but you know Brad Toffoli, eighty-seven shot attempts generated in in twenty in per sixty minutes uh, in their limited time together. Uh, Toffoli has ten shots in the last three games. Um, I think that in- includes the game Hughes got hurt because he got hurt in the first period of that one. Um, so they have been they have been generating quite a bit. You still get Toffoli and Brad on the top power play unit. What I'm the problem I'm running into is the 3.6 total is playing at New Jersey stack without Jesper Bratt. Like that's that's just kind of the thing, right? Is because Bratt and Defoli are on the top power play unit. It's almost guaranteed that Bratt's going to be the forward that gets the most ice time here tonight. Obviously, there are lots of ways this game happens where New Jersey has a great game and he, you know Brad has like one assist and two shots or something and that's it. Like you know that certainly can happen. But he's just so involved on the power. Like he was so involved on the power play when Hughes and Hisher were there. Like without them there, um, it's not like his role is going to be minimized. In fact, he's like he's the, he's the center on that power play now, if I'm not mistaken. So like he's going to be involved uh, with the man advantage. Washington's penalty kill, like you know, certainly nothing to write home about. Um, I'm kind of with you to Foley, Brad, and McLeod. I kind of like here. A big reason is the matchup, right? Like, they're going to be going into, like, assuming Kuznetsov and Ovechkin are together, um, they're going to be going into that line. That line has been terrible defensively. 3.7 expected goals against going back to last year and almost 400 minutes together at 5-on-5. 3.9 actual goals against. Those are awful defensive numbers. Um maybe Tom Wilson helps to an extent. I don't know. <laughs> you don't think so, eh? Well, I'll probably powerbomb someone on the ice before he can actually make a good defensive play. Right. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, and, like, Strom and Oshie won't be awful defensively together, certainly not to that level, I don't think. So where I can get a top line that's going to be one-fifth the ownership um, – of that New Jersey second line. And I think is in a better five on five matchup with the forward. That's going to play the most here tonight. I'm with you. I think I do like New Jersey one to fully Brad McLeod. McLeod's not a bad player. Like he's definitely not a first line center. Um, They're just using him there because, because of the injuries, but he's, you know, he's responsible defensively. He's like, 
a worse Nico Hischier, I guess. Yeah, we have uh, E2 Lusterine in a little bit. Yeah, I think that would be a good way of putting it, um, honestly. So, um, so I, I'm with you. I do like New Jersey one. I think a New Jersey power play stack is perfectly fine. Like, and you can one off Timo Meyer. Like, Timo Meyer's been shooting the puck more, which was his problem earlier in the season. Um, he's up to 15 shots in his last three games. So, if you just want a one off Timo, he might end up being the highest owned player um, of the slate here tonight, honestly. Um, I'll bring up ownership projections real quickly. Expecting the Vegas goalie to be the highest owned player. And then it's Timo Meyer right behind him at 27% on DraftKings. So, um, he might end up being the highest owned player. Usually we don't like to one-off those guys, but um, at his price, it's kind of like that Svechnikov thing. I can only see his price going up from here. So don't mind that, but it is New Jersey one that I would, pl- would want to play. On the Washington side, oh my God, I don't know why they did these to, this long, to these lines. <laughs> I was really looking forward to kind of playing Washington here tonight. I'm not sure how excited I am now. If anything, I would want to go up against the Meyer Mercer Palat line. So that leads me to go to Washington too. Coach statement. What's that? <laughs> You're cutting out pretty hard there, bud. Oh, sorry. My internet is being me, but uh yeah, Clayton said according to the coach at 141, Strom back up top. Yeah, that's that's what I was hoping for. Um, yeah, in I mean, in that case, it just helps them a lot more offensively than I think it does defensively because Kuznetsov and Ovechkin just don't mesh well offensively. Uh, so it doesn't really change a lot for me on the New Jersey side. It does change something for me on the Washington side. Then I'm a lot more inclined to play the top line with Strom uh, and Ovechkin. Um, you know, Strom and Ovechkin, we, we talk about all the time, like way better offensive numbers than he has with Kuznetsov um, by orders of magnitude not necessarily, but like 20, 25% better than the expected goals rate. So um, yeah, I'm in on the Washington top line. I imagine we're probably going to get some pretty jumbled lines at skate at, at uh, warmups because Nicholas Obey Kubel got called up. I think Nick Dowd um, got activated from the injured reserve and Nick Dowd's a pretty good checking center. Um, see where he lines up for Anthony Mantha. So um, there are going to be some changes to that Washington line it's still Ovechkin. If Ovechkin and Strom are playing together, that's by far the duo that I like the best. Um, But I think it's New Jersey's top line that I still like the best in this game. As far as like the third and fourth lines go, I think the New Jersey third line is kind of in play here tonight. Um, Lazar Halla, uh, Thomas Nosek, like at at 10K, that feels like way at at a certain point, like you don't really need to use them. It's like, what are you playing that you need a $10,000 line here tonight? Cause they're, unless you're playing like a literal Marner, Nylander, Matthew stack from Toronto. Like I just don't see what else you would need them for. Um, But yeah, I'd like, they have good numbers in a small sample as Aaron Hall to do uh, better defensively than offensively, but they don't need a lot at their prices. So if you need like a cheap filler, I think it's New Jersey three. Yeah. Not really sure what's going off my internet here, but uh, I am purple too. So yeah, there's that. Let's move on to the next one. Calgary Flames, the 3.1 total heading into Toronto. The Leafs have a 3.6 total. Dustin Wolf, not starting tonight. Markstrom's hurt. They're going to Vladar, Vodash. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. I've, I've heard it differently uh, from everybody. Yeah. Anyway. The Flames are on a front end of a back-to-back, so it's it's Josh that's Wonka. Okay, Cliffy's the better-looking one 
in the normal colors. I'm purple. <laughs> but um, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Oh, yes. Calgary on a front end of a back-to-back here. Um, I don't know. Mangiapane's back from a suspension. We got lines in practice yesterday, but Mangiapane's back, so that might change. Um, there's still the, the there's still I'm more the interested team, in the team that they're projecting him for the top line, so I assume Mangiapane, Hubert, Lindholm is going to be the top line. Yeah, and that interests me because I know they're scratching Klingberg tonight, but like <laughs> their line's still bad, even with Klingberg out. It's not like the Tony D'Angelo thing, like oh, let's take Tony D'Angelo out and put Brett Pesci in. They're taking John Klingberg out and putting in Jake McCabe, so it's just like. It's not exactly putting lipstick on a pig, but it's it's not the Carolina situation. But I do have interest in that Calgary top line. More interestingly enough, I do like the Toronto side here. I see in our top stacks tool, Toronto twos actually have a high, actually has a higher top two stack percentage than Toronto one. That being said, I'm kind of interested in going to Toronto one here because they're only getting six point four percent percent projected ownership i know marner hasn't been great but knees has been pretty good up there if you're going to give me that full line at six percent even if it comes up to close to 10 with you know there's vegas whatever like you're going to give me matthews a line with matthews under 10 percent on a six game slate like i don't know man like i i have to play them like I don't that's, have that's, to, but like the, yeah, you don't have to. But that's kind of where I'm at too, especially with Markstrom, like or sorry, Vladash playing the way that he is. Like at least Markstrom has shown some signs of life so far this season. Um, it has that hasn't really been the the case for Vladash. Um, eight eight forty four save percentage. That's that's tough. He hasn't had a, he hasn't had a game above eight ninety yet. Like you know. This is the guy that that Dustin Wolf <laughs> can't get called up to the NHL for. Um, the guy that has a career 895 save percentage that the Flames don't want to lose on waivers, so they leave the two-time NHL goalie of the year in the minor leagues. <laughs> Anyways, um, the guy sucks. So, yeah, I'm with you on Toronto 1. Um, you know, Knees, knees sorry, nice has fit in very, very well on the top line. He's not shooting a lot. I'm wondering if he'll get more shots now that, that he's on the top line, but he certainly wasn't shooting a lot when he, whenever he was playing, you know, third, fourth line, uh, what have you. They've, you know, they've outchanced the opponents in their first couple of games together, which is pretty apparent when you look at their goals and assist totals. Um, but yeah, if I can get a, this Toronto line, like I'm not super high on Marner. Like I'm not exactly sure if he's still healthy, but they're playing well enough. Um, I'm not worried about the Flames uh, goaltending. That's for sure. Like the Flames are a good defensive team, but their goaltending is terrible. Um, and if I can get that line at anywhere around 10% or less at home on a six game slate, I think I'm with you. Like they're definitely one of the lines that I'm considering. They're, uh, I think they're number three for my main stacks here tonight that I'm focusing on. So I, yeah, I'm with you. I really do like uh, Toronto one. Toronto two is kind of interesting for me. Two point eight expected goals for two point four against in their 52, 51 minutes together. Pretty good offensive numbers. Not great. They've been losing a little bit of ice time. I think that's a function of the of the Matthews top line just kind of starting to play better. So I think. 
I'm just in on Toronto one here. I don't think I'm going anywhere for my depth. I don't think this is a night where I'm going to go play the second line either. I think I want to take the lower ownership for that Matthews line. Because if Kniez is kind of or nice, is kind of like the key to unlocking that top line, this line could be 22, 23,000 in about 10, 10 days, 14 days or something like that, right? So um, they might not get any cheaper than they are right now. And against that Flames goaltending, like there's, I, I don't know what people are worried about. I, anything can happen in hockey. Vladash can put up a 37 save shutout tonight. Like we've seen, you'll see very weird stuff happen over the course of an 82 game season. I'm not banking on it though. The question is what to do with the Calgary side because, as you mentioned, Jake McCabe coming. Jake McCabe has worse defensive metrics, both expected and actual, than John Klingberg does this year. I don't know if people realize that. He was worse than John Klingberg. Now, if you want to say it was because he was playing through an injury or something like that, and he's had you know a week to rest it or, or whatever, okay, fine. I've never been a big Jake McCabe guy. <laughs> That's just another one of those god-awful trades that um, the Leafs brass had to make um, at the trade deadline that they've been doing year after year. Uh, on the Calgary side, it's Calgary 3 that I like. I think the Toronto third line is going to be better with Robertson and, Cal- and Kelly Yarncroft down there. I still don't think it's going to be very good with Robertson and Max Domi playing together. No line with Max Domi is going to be good defensively that's just kind of the way it is like I'm sorry that like it sounds harsh but he's just not a good defensive player at all and then once you start getting into those third fourth number five defensemen from Toronto like they're in a whole world of hurt so a two-man of Backlund and Coleman I think makes a lot of sense here tonight um if not it's the second line it's Kadri, Zeri, Sharon Govich um Kadri and Sharon Govich have looked really good Aside from their, off, you know, all the goals that they've been scoring, sixty-four shot attempts, for, 48 against in their time together per sixty minutes. Um, you know, they might have two out of three guys on the top power play unit because Zeri took over for Wegar in the last game, so there might be two guys on the top power play. I think it's the Calgary second and third lines I like best on their side, and then Toronto one for the Leafs. The Leafs really need to lean into their madness on Toronto three and just go Robertson, Domi, Gregor. Like, just do it. Like, just do it, please. That would be pond hockey. Yeah. At least I, I, I think the chat is asking about numbers for McCabe and Klingberg. I'm looking at them. 3.66 expected goals against per 60 for Klingberg. 3.68 for McCabe. 4.1 goals against per 60 for Klingberg. 4.2 for McCabe. So not like terribly worse, but yes, he's been worse defensively than John Klingberg. Sorry. Number don't lie. All right. Let's move on. Um, do you guys like college football and basketball? I kind of do. I don't really. But, like, if you do, get access to everything Stochastic offers for 50% off for college football and college basketball DFS when you sign up using the promo code COLLEGE2023. Or you can use the link below. The deal ends tomorrow. You'll get college Football projections, college football ownership, premium matchup data, player usage data, and then you'll also get college basketball DFS projections only on Tuesdays and Saturdays until college football ends. Uh, I think the same guy does it, Matt Gajeski. I butchered that name. I'm sorry. It's, But he does a very, very good job. 
click the link in the description below or go to the site and use a promo code college 2023 you get 50% off college football and college basketball DFS that ends tomorrow let's get to these last two games here the late hammers of the night Philadelphia Flyers the 3.1 total heading into Anaheim Los Patos the Ducks have a three total okay our I saw a comment in the chat from our resident Flyers fan, Ray Rock. I trust his his judgment on the Flyers. He says, scratch Philly, then they will play a defensive scheme to protect that scrub Urson. It's kind of true. So, I mean, I still kind of like the Flyers anyway because the Ducks take a ton of penalties. Um, it's just a matter of where you really want to go on the Flyers. Like there's not a tremendous amount of ownership. I I don't know because for the Ducks, Zegras is out also, so God knows what the lines are going to be. There's like it this looked game, like Alex, It looked like Alex Kalorn is just going to straight up take a spot on the top line, and then they're moving. I think it was Gru is going to the third line, but I'll have to go double check that. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, Alex Kalorn, that guy tilts me off a cliff. He's just like, he's the guy you take the unders on. For Tampa, right? You take unders on Kalorn because he sucks, and he ends up having like two goals and five shots on goals the time you take his unders. But anyway, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in that. I'm just I'm losing my mind. I'm, I'm looking at myself being purple for the last 50 minutes, and I'm actually going crazy. But yeah, I, I'm kind of interested in that Kate's Farabee line. I know you mentioned it to me before the show. Like they're 12,200, and we'll talk about the Sharks next because I kind of I kind of have interest in that top line, uh, but. If you're going to give me a similar similar price line going up against the Ducks depth, I don't know. I like bring Faraby Cates. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it, like we'll see. I, I I think Anaheim has been using both the McTavish and the Henrique lines for top six matching. So, especially with Zegers out tonight and Clorin there, I think. We're going to see Troy Terry's line go up against this Cates and Brink line. Honestly, I don't think it's that bad of a matchup for Cates and Brink. Like Noah Cates, I think, is honestly one of the more underrated young players in the game. It's just because he doesn't rack up a lot of points, but he is tremendous defensively. And the thing with just even if he's not a great offensive player, him being tremendous defensively allows his line mates to be better off offensively. You know what I mean? Because he can turn pucks over, he can get... Uh, things going in transition, all that kind of stuff. So um, Kate's Brink and Farabee, I like quite a bit. Um, 
like the power play units for the Flyers seem to be changing just about every game. Um, assuming Faraby and Cates are together, they're going to be on the second power play unit. Anaheim takes a boatload of penalties. They're the second most penalized team in the league, or the most penalized team in the league, sorry, ahead of Montreal, Montreal second. Um, so the Flyers' power play has generally been pretty bad, but, you know, if you if they get five chances, I'll take a team getting five chances, five cracks with the power play. So it is Kate's Faraby Brink that I like in this game. You know, you get them going into what I think is a fairly soft Carlson-Terry uh, matchup. Um, you get two out of the three guys on the second power play unit. They're pretty cheap, so you can fit them in with your Toronto stacks or your, or your big Buffalo stacks or anything like that. So I'm with you. I do like Flyers 3 here. Morgan Frost coming back in for uh, to center uh, Travis Konechny is pretty interesting. Now, they're getting more ownership. I did write up Travis Konechny in the picks article. Konechny's just been getting a lot more ice time. Like That's the one thing that we complained about earlier in the season was that he was actually scoring pretty well. Uh, but he was only getting like 14, 15, 16 minutes sometimes. Like he's been pretty regularly over 20 minutes of late. So um, I don't mind Frost and Konechny as a two-man either. Uh, they do have good numbers together as well. Uh, 3.6 expected goals, three actual goals per 60 minutes uh, so far this season. So I don't mind them. But I think it's Brank and Cates that are like going up against that Terry line. Like I said, two out of the three on the second power play unit. Maybe three out of the three. Like who knows with torts. Um and they'll play, you know, they won't play a ton, but they're not priced to play a ton either. Uh, so Philly three for me on that side. On the Anaheim side, like Alex, I'm not an Alex Kaloran guy. I'm really not. I I think, like, I know people think that Brandon Hagel's kind of a product of Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov. I think Alex Kaloran was the guy that was a point, uh, that was um, a product of those guys. He was certainly very good earlier in his career. Like, he's like 33 now, 32. Feels weird to say as a 37-year-old, but, you know, I feel old and broken, so I can only imagine how an NHL it feels. Um, so I'm not in on the top line. I wrote up the second line in my picks article anyway, but Toronto, McTavish, and Strom, uh, really, really good offensive numbers together so far this year. 3.3 expected goals, 5.2 actual goals. But Toronto, over the last two games, is leading the Anaheim forwards in ice time. Um, so they're the second line, but they might not necessarily get second line minutes. Um, you know, McTav, they might, they might be shooting a little bit hot, but with Urson and net, you know, Ray Rock said it, the Flyers are going to have to play extremely well defensively to keep the puck out of their net. So I'll go with the line that's actually generating quite a bit from Anaheim, uh, but Toronto McTavish and strong, uh, for them. I do like the Brinks line on the other side for the Flyers. Yeah. Quick party says Max Jones onto the third line, not fake Claude Giroux I mean is, yeah I was gonna say is there a difference between Jones and, and Gru? like you you could you could you could have said just about any name there and I'd be like yeah okay whatever yeah they <laughs> love Max Jones for some reason though oh yeah they're like Max Jones Max Jones to Anaheim is Nick Delorier to Philadelphia is the way I look at it <laughs> that is, that's, that's really funny, actually San Jose Sharks with a 2.2 total God, sharks, man. Going into Vegas, the Golden Knights have a 4.2 total. Break up the Sharks, man. They're streaking. They uh, won two in a row. They have the same amount of points as the Oilers. Oh, man. The Oilers are a mess. I don't know, man. I'm not going to conjecture about McDavid. 
I would have like requested a trade to like the KHL at this point if I was McDavid, but that's neither here nor there. Like Vegas's record's really good. They just haven't been playing great. Yeah, are you gonna talk yourself into Vegas being overrated in this spot tonight? No, I'm just <laughs> thinking of ways because this ownership is is a is a scene and it's gonna be a scene. But I, I feel like, and I've been saying in my head, you need to say this point out loud and tell the people, I think something that I want to do with Vegas here tonight is play multiple defensemen from them. Like play Theodore and Petrangelo. Because the, the Sharks are Jekyll and Hyde, right? If you get Jekyll, they're going to lose 10-1. And then who's going to play the most? The defenseman. Or if they're Hyde, they're gonna. It's gonna be a low-scoring game, and who's gonna play the most? The defenseman. So like Petrangelo Theodore might be my favorite plays from this game, and obviously uh, we'll talk about defenseman at the end. Now, if I'm gonna full stack a line, it's gonna be Vegas one. Like I don't want to play a 13% Will and Carson, Pavel Dorfiev, and Paul Cotter as good as they may have been, right? At eleven thousand three hundred, I'm just gonna go play Philly three. I'm going to go play that Carolina second line. I'm going to go do whatever, right? I'll play Vegas one. They're getting some positive leverage. I'll power play stack Vegas. I'll play multiple defensemen from Vegas. I just don't want to play these 11,300 depth lines at really high ownership. I'm going to get the positive leverage on Vegas one, or I'm going to do something weird and play Vegas one with multiple defensemen and go about my day. Like there's plenty of ways to get different here. I'm not going to overthink it. The Sharks, three and four nights. This is back-to-back on the road, defending Stanley Cup champions. That being said, I may run off William Eklund because he's looked really good up there with Thomas Hurdle. 2.2 total. If it wasn't a six-game slate and it was an 11-game slate, I wouldn't even entertain entertain the thought. But a six-game slate, Eklund's looked good up there. One-off Eklund, two-man with Hurdle. That's about it for the Sharks for me. Yeah, um, here's the ownership on Vegas. Um, over half the team is coming in at 11.9% or better on, or higher, sorry, on DraftKings. There is just going to be a wild amount of ownership here. I like your idea of going double defenseman. I don't think you necessarily have to do Theodore and Petrangelo. Like, right. um, you know, you can do Martinez and Petrangelo. You can do Theodore and McNabb. Martinez and Petrangelo, I think, are on the same, are on the second power play unit together um, with um, – with Chandler Stevenson out. So, um, you know, if it's one of those games where they're blowing them out, maybe the second power play unit gets more ice time than the first, you know, to give them a little bit of extra time. Like that's something that can definitely work. So like Petrangelo Martinez, yeah, for sure. Um, definitely a double defenseman um, is in place. Certainly just a power play stack. Like I'm with you, like I'm having a hard time just like if I'm full stacking a line, it's the top line. Right. Other than that, it, it's some sort of power play stack or like a broken stack, you know, do, um, do like Marsha. So and Eichel with stone and then add a super cheap guy like Dorfeyev or, you know, a mod or a Cotter or something like that, just to get a little bit more unique. Maybe you can think of one off goal. It is a short slate. Like I, I'm not just jamming Vegas two in and then walking away. Like that's just not what I'm doing here tonight. Um, I feel like it'll be pretty hard to, 
like San Jose's won back-to-back games. They've given up 80 shots in those games. Okay. Like let's, let's understand why they're winning games. It's because their goaltenders have been standing on their head. It's not okay. because, yeah, they, they didn't like, like starting tonight. Yeah. They, they didn't like miraculous, miraculously turn some corner. Like this isn't the little giants where they added somebody special to the team. And now That's all bad. of a sudden they're, yeah, all of a sudden they're really good. This team is God awful. They're just, goaltenders will save you sometimes um i think the double defenseman is, is something that's pretty interesting because like if they just play like a bunch of their forwards like all between like 13 and 17 minutes going double defenseman feels like a pretty decent way to get different so uh, i think i might like that so in order i think i would go double defenseman top line stack pa- uh, top power play stack and then some sort of broken line combination or just basically jaw stacking them uh, six man on DraftKings. Uh, I'm not with you on the San Jose. Like, uh, I won't. I won't get mad at a one off William Eklund. Like, he'll probably play over 20 minutes, top line, top power play, and all that. Like, I'm not going to get mad at that. I am not stacking the Sharks here tonight. That is not. Oh, I'm not I'm either. But I'm just saying, like, if you ended up with Eklund in your lineup and you had 5200 or whatever in your last spot, you want to throw a hurdle with him? You just do it. He's popping in, but like. Uh, no, um, 2.2 total, three and four nights. It's this game's gonna be a mess. Like, Edmonton is just a train wreck, Vegas is an actual good team. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <sighs> Feel good that I got that out. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about defensemen. I kind of hinted that I really like almost any of the Vegas defensemen. I, th- I think, you know, Petrangelo, Theodore, Martinez, McNabb, all in play. Um, Luke Hughes in play. I don't know. Who you who are you liking? I'm, I'm just I, – I cannot look at myself be purple anymore. I mean, top of my list for expensive defensemen is Rasmus Dahlin. Um, like we keep saying over and over, the, the Minnesota penalty kill is just absolutely – atrocious now Dolan's not projecting the highest of the expensive defensemen I'll bring those up real quick it goes Dougie Hamilton uh then John Carlson and then Rasmus Dolan but his point per dollar is over two on DraftKings they're not going to carry a ton of ownership not certainly not like the Vegas guys I like Dolan um yeah Shea Theodore would probably be the next expensive defenseman in the mid-tier price range I don't mind Mackenzie Wiegard tonight even if he does lose his top power play role, his peripherals are up quite a bit from last year. Um, he's already had two combo meals this year. Like two in a full season would be a pretty good season. He's already had two already this, this year. Uh, Morgan Riley, obviously for Toronto, like any defenseman. <laughs> I Like Jake McCabe coming back at 2,500 is interesting. Obviously, if you need a super punt. Uh, but Morgan Riley, um, he's looked pretty good for Toronto. Like I know we like to slag their defenseman. He's looked good for the most part. Uh, cheap guys, Dmitry Orlov, 2,900, as we were saying earlier, it looks like he might jump in and run the top power play unit for Carolina. Uh, don't mind him. Um, Brock Faber, 3,500, wrote him up in the picks article. He was up, uh, almost 25 minutes last night, or is it almost 24? I can't remember. Uh, Gustav Forsling, he'll, he's projecting really well, obviously in that matchup. Um, still under 4k. Uh, Rasmus Sandin, he's been getting more minutes for Washington of late. He's not going to carry any ownership. He's not a guy that really racks up peripherals, 
but he's a good puck mover and New Jersey still has New Jersey goaltending. So like, let's not get uh, super down on Washington. I don't mind Sandine either. Yeah. The one guy I'll just add, like he's a prospect. He did play 19 minutes against Carolina though. Ryan Johnson at three K for the Sabres. Kind of interesting. I don't know. Like there's a lot of these guys where you're like, Hmm, like maybe I'll get, you know, 4.1 and I'll lock it in. Like I think Ryan Johnson has a, can do something like that. Get like, a block bonus and a couple shots on goal there. Let's talk about goalies, even though we don't want to. Like, it's just awful. Like, there isn't one that I really want to play. Like, the Vegas goalie is 8,500. They're going to need a shutout. He might see 12 shots. Um, Lowell has been shaky. Like, I, like Levi, 8K. Like, I want to see a good game. I'm a big believer in him, despite my comments before. Um, so, I'm going to be looking to spend down. And then, like, you look at the bottom of the barrel here, Capo Kakin at 6,700. I mean, listen, that is just straight up gangster. Like, if you want to do it, you're 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 gangster. Like, we'll just say that. Charlie Lindgren's the one that, that stands out. I, I did have interest in Hart, but he's not starting. So, like, I, I don't know where I'm going. Like, maybe Gibson? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's still stall starting for Anaheim. Um, he's the guy I wrote up in the picks article. I think Ray Rock made a good point about the team, about Philly maybe not pressing as much offensively to protect Urson. That could hurt the style uh, shot volume against, but I also think that makes him less likely to like have a blow-up game, like four goals on 22 shots or something like that. So the fan like the bonuses. Yeah, I like those style, uh, certainly. Um, yeah, Charlie Lindgren is the other guy that I was really thinking of that I might use here tonight just because of his price. And if you're not playing Carolina, we always say play the T, play the goalies playing against Carolina. Sergey Bobrovsky certainly plays well. Whew, man, that man, I, I'll just be purple if I play. I don't know who I'm playing in goal tonight, but yeah, who are you liking for your hat trick pick? This slate is a scene, man. Yeah, this yeah. slate is quite a scene. Um, I'm gonna go with the guy that uh, I really hope turns around his uh, short. Uh, offensive woes since he's returned. I'm going Andre Sveshnikov. I'm gonna uh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two. One, one. I like Joel Farabee here, um, but the other one I have a sign about him. I'm gonna go Mitch Marner. Fuck out of your slump, Mitchell. He has like seven points in his last two games or something like that. Marner sucks. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, um, I think we're both. We'll probably both end up. If it always feels dirty rooting for the Leafs, but it feels like we might end up rooting for the Leafs here tonight. We can get a Marner hat trick, and we can watch the Leafs blow the game in the third period. Yeah, that's a good point. One does not necessarily preclude the other. I like that. Not mutually exclusive. We'll get we'll get Leafs one ham, and we'll get them to blow the game in the third. We'll be back tomorrow. Making a big deal about it. it's gonna be great, but anyway, Patrick pick equal Marner sucks. Yeah, I am, I'm a mess. It, it is what it is. We will be back tomorrow though. There are a bunch of you in here. Smash that like button on the way out. Uh, hopefully, I won't be purple tomorrow. If you want to sign up, get in that link in the description below. Get into the uh, Discord. Be great for you. Great for us. We'll say what's up. Um, good luck, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow. Good luck tonight, everyone.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more.